Welcome to the Issues of Life podcast with Adam Davis, where each week we answer your biggest questions, offer a biblical perspective on the issues that matter most, and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Hello and welcome to the Issues of Life podcast. And we are starting an exciting new series today in the book of Philippians. Now I have to tell you this is not going to be an exhaustive verse-by-verse study of the book, though that would be really helpful. Uh, It's not necessarily what we uh, want to accomplish with this podcast. Instead, what we're going to do is share some really important principles that we think will be an encouragement to you that come from the book of Philippians. And now the title of this series that you've given is Surviving the Journey. And uh, why, why did you choose that title? Well, I think we all understand that uh, life can be cruel. Sometimes we face difficult circumstances, and no one understood that quite like Paul. But you're not going to find Paul complaining. In fact, we find him here rejoicing. So I think what we want to know is, what's the secret to that kind of joy? And how can we have the same kind of reaction when life gets difficult for us? And for Paul, it was all about perspective. So we're going to study uh, the book of Philippians in particular to try to discover powerful principles for surviving the journey of life. And Paul's writing this book from prison, which makes it really interesting uh, for us to consider this book um, when when we're talking about the secret to joyful Christian living. Yeah, Paul here finds himself imprisoned for his part in advancing the message of the gospel, which you would think would be a really discouraging situation to find yourself in. Doing what you know is right, uh, doing it for the Lord, uh, and seeing good results, but then to find yourself in prison. And I would imagine, you know, if that was me, I would be discouraged. I would be upset by the fact that, you know, I can't continue doing what it is I was called to do, and I would probably have a lot of questions, but that really doesn't seem to be the case for Paul. Now, this is not the this is not the end for Paul. This section of what we call prison epistles uh, are an earlier imprisonment, not the last imprisonment before he would be put to death. So Paul would actually get out of prison again and have a little bit more of a chance to continue his ministry, uh, but just for the current time, He's in prison, awaiting trial, things like that. Um, But still, it would be uh, a discouraging situation for most people. But Paul chose to focus on other things apart from, you know, what he was experiencing. And I think that's why he was able to keep rejoicing. And the the first principle um, that we have from Philippians um, that we kind of pull out of Paul's, Paul's example is to focus on the gospel when we are encountered with these kind of uh, difficult situations. And that really comes through uh, in these first two chapters. You can kind of see how it's all about the gospel and how the gospel was the central focus of Paul's life. And I think that's an important thing for us to consider first and foremost, because sometimes we don't have the right perspective about the place of the gospel in our life as believers. Sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking, okay, the gospel is that that message that we believe to be saved, 
And then we move on from the gospel. You know, we grow from there. Yeah. But the gospel just kind of stays behind. But that's definitely not the case. The gospel is everything for us as believers. It's the gospel that has changed our identity. It's changed our lives. And it should be the focus of our life moving forward. Not just a message you believe at the beginning, but really it's what shapes everything about who we are and what we do moving forward. It's our motivation. It's our focus. Um, And so Paul saw that and it changed his life. Uh, But we want to find out, you know, how can we keep that same focus in our lives? And there are a couple of ways in particular that Paul kept his focus on the gospel. Um, And I think first we see in in, in this first chapter of Philippians um, that he kept his focus on the fellowship in the gospel. Yeah, and that's one of the phrases that comes directly from this chapter, the fellowship in the gospel. I want to read some of the verses here in Philippians chapter 1. In verse 3, he says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So we find that Paul was encouraging himself by remembering the friendships that he had with other believers. This is actually something we see in a lot of Paul's letters as he opens up uh, by giving some basic greeting. Then he, in many cases, will talk about the group of believers themselves and and what it is about them that he remembers that encourages him. But he makes it a point to to pray for those fellow believers. And he says in this case, every time he remembers them, he thanks God for them. And he's always praying for them. And I think it's even more impactful when we recognize that uh, we probably know who some of these people are that he's talking about. Paul had already been to to Philippi on one of his missionary journeys. If you remember, uh, he met Lydia, uh, the, the woman who was the seller of, of purple, and she and her family were saved. Uh, then when he and Silas ended up in prison uh, and singing praises at midnight, they they were released from prison and there was that Philippian jailer uh, who was going to take his own life out of despair and he was saved and his family. Yeah. So these are the kinds of people, the people that Paul met, won to Christ, and now he thinks back fondly on these friendships that he has with these other believers and that encourages him. I think what we can take from this is the idea that we need this fellowship in the gospel also to stay encouraged. We need uh, gospel-centered friendships. So I guess we should ask ourselves, do we have this group of friends for whom we thank God every time we remember them? Do we have those friends that really encourage us and strengthen us in our faith? Uh, Our friends are really important. And I think it's going to be impossible to maintain a gospel focus if our friendships are not gospel-focused. So we need the right kind of friends. And... And we need to be thankful for those friendships like Paul was. Yeah. I think often that's the key. The last part you just said, we have to actually focus on that fellowship we have. I think often we get to a point, maybe like the prophet Elijah, where times are getting really tough and we've been serving God. We've been trying to do the right thing, um, but we still run into these problems, these, uh, these difficult situations. And we have to remember, think back, 
who are the people that God has given me? And be thankful for that. I, I think most of us can think about a few friends, maybe family members that have been with us the whole way. And, uh, and well, you and I just graduated college. Well, you, 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 you graduated before with a bachelor's degree. You just got another master's degree. Um, but that time made me remember and think on, wow, how many people have, has God brought into my life that have been a blessing, that, that have truly helped me grow in my relationship with God? And in those difficult times, we, we have to remember that fellowship we have in the gospel. And for Paul, it, it wasn't just even having the friends that was a focus for him. He also was focused very uh, particularly on seeing them grow and develop in their walk with the Lord also. Mm-hmm. He was passionate about seeing others come to maturity in Christ. And so uh, beyond just the fact of having good friendships, we should also be committed to helping each other grow in our walk with the Lord. Um, and that's what Paul really explains in those verses that follow there. Yeah. And that brings us to the second way that he focused on the gospel, the furtherance of the gospel. Yeah. And here again, we have another phrase that actually appears in the chapter. Uh, he tells them in verse 12, But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. In other words, everything that's happened to me, though it might seem from a human perspective to be a setback, uh, a difficulty, God is using it to increase my opportunities to, to spread the gospel. He said, my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places, and many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So he points out some of the positives that have come from this. He has an audience with people he did not have audience with before uh, throughout his trials and giving his testimony uh, over and over again. He was able to speak to very important officials. So his own influence was, was increased in a way. And others seeing Paul's testimony while he was in prison became more confident to preach the gospel too, no longer fearing the consequences. Um, we really get to see Paul's passion come through here. He's passionate about people and he's passionate about preaching. Not, no matter who's doing the preaching, by the way, because he tells us in verses 15 and 16 and so on, some people were preaching um, with the same mindset as him, mindful of, of him being in prison and knowing why he was there, trying to continue his ministry, but others were doing it to try to hurt him. To rub it in, basically, that you're in prison, you can't preach, but we can. So some had the wrong motives, but Paul said, I don't care. If people are preaching Christ, that's all that, that matters. And he was yeah. so passionate about seeing the gospel go forward that he didn't see his imprisonment as a difficulty, but he saw it as a- an opportunity. That's an incredible perspective. That can be really helpful when we find ourselves in persecution or again, just, just in any any low point in our life where we think, is God really working through me? You can think through, okay, whatever difficult situation I'm finding myself in right now, how can God use that to further the gospel? How can God use my situation to help other people know Christ and know him more? And I think that that, that really can stir up joy. And that confidence comes through so strongly here at, towards the end of the chapter. 
He says in verse 19, I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. What a powerful statement for Paul to be able to say, no matter these circumstances, for me to live is Christ. I wonder, you know, if we could say that of ourselves. If I live, Christ is going to be seen. My life is going to count for him. He's going to be magnified. He's going to be made bigger because of the way that I live my life. And you can just see that that was Paul's confidence, his perspective, even in difficult circumstances. I'm going to be thankful for the friendships I have in the gospel. And I'm going to be thankful for the opportunity to see the gospel furthered. And then he encouraged them to do the same. He says in verse 27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So Paul's focus was first and foremost on the gospel, Uh, its place in his life, the friendships he had because of it, and the cause of seeing it furthered uh, as as much as possible. And this is the first way that we see Paul's secret to being joyful throughout this journey of life is that he's taking his perspective off of the situation, off of the difficulty, and he's putting his perspective on something else. And in this case, it's putting it back on the gospel. Uh, well, that is all that we have for today, for, for this episode. Um, But we have so much more coming in the rest of this series. So please join us uh, next week. Yes, and thank you again for joining us. And we hope again that this will be just an encouragement to you. And if you know someone maybe who would be helped by these conversations, someone who needs to be encouraged, uh, then we hope you'll share this podcast with them so that they can be helped as well. 